Are you looking for someone to help you with your roof, siding, and gutters projects? Look no further than CRC Renovations. Serving the Lexington and surrounding communities for over 20 years, this family-based company can help you with all of your exterior needs. Call the folks over at CRC Renovations at 859-327-3913. Again, that's 859-327-3913. Sean, I noticed your landscaping the other day looks fantastic. I hate landscaping. I know that you aren't a big fan of landscaping. Who did it for you? Well, it wasn't me. Well, I didn't figure. I contacted the guys over at Horizon Landscaping. Mike and Jimmy, they did an excellent job. And it was super affordable. Are they local? They are local. And you can reach them on Facebook by reaching out to Mike Wills, or you can call them at 859-274-6571. Again, that's 859-274-6571 for all of your landscaping needs. Well, I'm definitely going to give them a call. Thanks. The guys behind the From Corner to Corner podcast are diving deep into Montgomery County High School sports with the Community Trust Bank Coaches Corner. Join us as we talk local high school athletics with your local coaches. Whether you're a student athlete or a screaming fan, this is the place to turn to get the inside scoop before the next big game. And now, it's time for the show with Sean Kuyper, Neil Payne, Adam Muncie, and Wes Crouch. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of From Corner to Corner, Coach's Corner, presented by Community Trust Bank. Your friend in banking. Equal housing lender. <laughs> Member FDIC. Somebody forgot the microphones tonight. Look, I've told you all before, we don't have to share everything on air. No, we okay. do. We do. We're a family. We share everything. And no, it's nice to know that nobody makes mistakes, Mr. Perfect. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Insert scene here. <laughs> so, anyways... We have Dale. Uh, <laughs> Glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to be here. We have with us Coach Mike Kindred, who I called Dale earlier, and uh, Beth Barrier, also known as Beth Vice back in the day, um, here to talk about the uh, the good old days of college basketball here in college Miguel. basketball, basketball. Yeah. high school, high school we basketball. basketball we were college basketball hey, she played high, or she played college basketball and there were lots of girls on the team to do yeah. right so thank you guys for joining us it's a train wreck already <laughs> already thanks for having us i'm, I'm gonna go ahead and check out and uh, you guys <laughs> let me know when you're done okay. so coach welcome to the show we know we know miss miss beth barrier here why don't you introduce yourself for the people that live under a rock and don't know you well, I don't know what I'll say. Uh, my name is Mike Kindred. I actually uh, was born and kind of raised in Winchester, played ball over Woo, there. Clark um, came, began, well, I actually started coaching in Estill County when I got out of college and accidentally got uh, thrown in the girls' program. I, to be honest with you, I was supposed to be Bart Risen's assistant coach. Okay. And once I got employed over there, they said there was a mess up or something, so I became the assistant girls coach at Estill County. Uh, did that for, I don't know how many years, 
few years. And uh, then I went over and became, uh, started out as a grad assistant at the University of Kentucky women's program, became the assistant basketball coach there. Um, and then I went from there to the University of Alabama. Now, you have to understand, back in the day, Roll Tide. I wouldn't make any money. Right. I mean, it was just, I mean, I was barely, had enough money to have a car and a place to live. And so I actually had, uh, I think, just a year left to get my master's degree or I was going to lose my teaching certificate. So I actually went in and talked to Coach Wimp Sanderson. And Coach Sanderson said, Mike, coaching is no life for somebody. <laughs> and so he advised me that I need to go on back and get my master's, uh, which I did. Went back to Estill County for a year, and then I got the job over at uh, Montgomery County. And now I have... Oh, I've done some different things. I've worked in Frankfurt. I've been a principal, but I've been retired now for basically six years. So, saving lives. Uh, yes, went and gave some blood today. Yep. Saved a life or two, unlike Beth. But, I mean, you know, <laughs> you, know you do what you have to do. So, how long did you coach at Montgomery? Ten years. I think I started in '88. '98 was my last year, and the reason I got out actually was because I had open heart surgery, and so I had I had what they call mitral valve prolapse. And they just said, just kind of live with it. And so it was kicking pretty good at the state tournament, which it normally did when I got nervous or whatever. So I went and got my yearly checkup, and they said, well, said your heart's enlarged. said, on a scale of 1 to 10, you're about a 9. Um, you need to have surgery, but you could probably wait a year if you wanted to. Well, I didn't want that praying on my mind. Right. Um, I was trying to find somebody. My, my wife at the time, uh, I was married to uh, Tracy Kindred, and she was going to, give up being an assistant. So I was trying to find somebody that wanted to come in and take over the program after I went on one more year because we were going to be rated number one again. I was going to do the Kentucky Indian All-Stars, but I couldn't find anybody uh, that could come in. They didn't have a spot, either a teaching spot or whatever for them. So it was just time, family-wise and all that, to give it up. And I, I still regret giving up that last year, um, mainly because of Harmony and Whitney. You know, it was their senior year. To be honest with you, I think they would have been Cole Miss basketballs if I'd have stayed. And I, I really regret that I didn't do the Kentucky and All-Stars. But, you know, it is what it is. And so, you know, life's been good. So, I mean, did Beth have anything to do with the heart issues? <laughs> I had to go there. He was going to say well, that. Anyway. I didn't want to say that, but, I mean. I, think I mean, we're going to ask the tough questions. It, it's pretty obvious. I mean. <laughs> Clearly. And then, uh, Clearly it was my fault. Well, and then and she, she can tell this story. But as I was laying in the hospital near death, she came in and wanted to feed me Jello. I was the only player that went to visit, and his wife got a phone call. She was feeding him Jello, and she handed it to me, like I was going to. And like I looked at him, I had the Jello, and he goes, "Don't you dare!" <laughs> <laughs> so I just sat it down and stepped back. He was just eating because it, it was the wife feeding it. Yeah. Yeah, he was not going to let me feed it. No, no, that wasn't going to happen. So you came in '88, is that what you said? Correct. So when did you cross paths with Miss Barrier? Well, I, the first time I ever met her, I mean, I think I'd heard some stuff about her, mm -hmm. and they were living back behind what is it Kroger's? Is that where it is? And I, for whatever reason, was driving down through there, and there sat this little mullet-headed kid out with a basketball in the middle of the street. I guess you were what seven, Only like seven or eight. Was seven that Elizabeth eight. Court? That was Alexa. Okay. Yes. 
So, did I talk to you that day? I yeah, I, I ran inside and I thought I was being kidnapped. There was something. I knew the police came to my, my house. I really something. did. I, I ran inside. I was like, Mom, there's some man out there talking to me. <laughs> but anyway, so that's that's where it first started. Right. And, and uh, uh, you know, I mean, she's she's pretty much my kid. I mean, I feel like I pretty much help raise her and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, you develop relationships with certain players and, and, and she's one of them that was special, obviously, along with some others. But some of them you grow closer to just because of the family right. situations and all that type stuff. Well, um, Hayden referred to you as Papa Kindred a while ago, so obviously it's a close relationship. Well, it's funny because I, we were sitting in a motel room one night, and I was probably dozing off, and everybody started calling me Papa. And now I've got my first grandchild, so I guess I'm automatically a papa. So I guess that's, but they, they started calling me that way before I was a papa. Yeah, been papa for a long time. Yeah. So, so Beth, you, we, we talked about you know, coach's first interaction with you. What was your first first reaction? Obviously, you ran inside, but had you heard any? I mean, you were you were you were young, but had you heard anything about coach or like what was your first real view of him? Um, I had I had heard about the girls' basketball team more like. Jenny Randall, like she was a really good player on the team at the time. And so I had heard her name, and she actually lived on Wind Street. And so she was the person that I kind of, you know, looked up to and all that. Um, but then I think that you actually had Serena with you, Serena King, the day that you pulled up and I thought I was being kidnapped. Um, it's like, he's already got one too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the second one. But so I ran inside, didn't really know what was going on. But then he came in and, you know, kind of – introduced himself and and talked to me and my mom and um I guess my dad had died maybe the summer before that and I don't know if he knew that or not but he asked me to start coming to practices and um not practice really because I was obviously too young but I would come and like shoot on side goals or like go with them to away games and wear a huge jersey and not play you know just kind of hang out on the bench or whatever um but that was timely like for me at that point in my life just to be able to you know to have that and um so i guess that's kind of where it started and then he really couldn't get rid of me after that it's all downhill after that yeah (laughs) so did you start playing did as a seventh grader on the varsity team yes okay so when did you realize coach that that beth might be able to help you well i mean at a young age obviously now understand my philosophy was if they were in middle school they played middle school then after it was over because it was always a fall schedule then they can move up right now um who was coach was lee coaching you back then sharon white and lee we, we had some issues with some coaching back then when i first started here and trying to get the program established and stuff and uh, but anyway i mean she started for me as an eighth grader now there were some people that didn't like that but i'm just like show me somebody better right and honestly, if if you look at it, I mean, she was a scrawny little kid back then. She probably didn't weigh 125 pounds. She was about five foot, what, six or seven, if that. But we got to our first region final against uh, Nicholas County, who was a defending state champion, and she scored like 34 points. I don't think she realized what she was doing. But for her age and immaturity and, you know, lack of physical strength and all that, she, she had a heck of a game. Right. But – uh but, I mean, you just knew she was kind of destined. Now, like with anybody, you don't know if they're going to grow or not. Right. You don't know what their work ethic is going to be. You know, all those intangibles that go into it. But, And then, I'll be honest with you, I mean, she, and she'll tell you, it was there were some growing pains. Right. I mean, we, we had a 
couple knockdown drag ass of stuff trying to you know get her where she needed to be but you know she did everything that was asked of her and, and it you know it worked out well for us obviously so beth kind of the same question but how many like you had played had, were you playing organized basketball early on did you play like like junior pro stuff yeah so that's like parks and rec before parks and rec right so when you first get in you're playing basketball what, like how was Coach Kendrick different than any coach that you had had? Um, he was pretty loud, and just the the practices like were so structured, and um, they were really hard. I mean, it was it was a challenge every day, and I think that's why we were so good is because you know games were easy because practices were so hard. Right. Um. So you know games were fun. We looked forward to games because we knew we were prepared, we were in shape, and all that. Um. But honestly, like when I got to college, um, when I got to Alabama, the freshmen that I came in with, like conditioning that first week, we had kids like falling out, you right. know, like passing out right. outside running in the Alabama heat. And, and it, you know, it was a hard workout, but I was kind of looking at them like, what are you the doing? Coach is like, is this all you got? <laughs> right, like, like, <laughs> this is easy. Right. You know, I've been doing this for years. So it was, <laughs> that was a blessing because I was prepared. Right. You're standing over there like, What's next? And they're no, all like, like laying around going, yeah. I can't do it. So you talked about being structured. Did you like did you learn like that type of structure at your stops at Alabama or UK or like where did that come from? Well, I mean I can tell a hundred stories that my you know, I was evolving as a coach too. I mean, to be honest with you, Clark County was kicking our tail and this before she got got here. And I don't, I don't know if you want to hear the trophy in the river story or not. But oh yeah, they need to hear um, that for sure. But they were sounds they, like a good one. And, and, and the thing about it is, I, I swear, I think Lisa Gooden, since I lived in Winchester, when they got to the won the region, or whatever, I think they drove that bus right by my house on purpose, yeah. blowing the horn and all that just to rub it in. And it was driving me crazy because I'm like, I'm not that bad. Some I've got to do something different, right? And so I was always, you know, looking at what I was doing, what I needed to change and all that kind of stuff like that. But uh, I, I got probably my, my, my practice structure came from Patino. Um, I went to one of his coaching clinics one time and, and, and got that from him. Um, but to be honest with you, I can't for the life of me remember his name. I, I looked at a lot of different coaches, but the guy, he was down at Belmont, I think, and he and they wanted him to go from Division Two to Division One. He didn't want to go. He ended up going, I think, to South Dakota somewhere. They played UK one year, but he was in a car wreck, got cancer. Dalmire. Yeah, yeah. But I, his practice stuff was great, and and he and 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 I was a big admirer of Pat Summit, and so I, I reading her books and stuff, mm-hmm. and I knew Pat and stuff. You know, there were a lot of things that I that I, I got from her. Right, but. One of the things that we we were playing, and again, this before she came along, but we were playing over at Madison Central, and sure enough, we're playing Clark County in the finals, and they either drilled us or we'd lose on last second shot or something. I mean, it just was never just a. And so anyway, they beat us, and so on the way home, I told my bus driver, I said, "Now look, if there's nothing on this bridge going over this Kentucky River, I want you to stop this bus for me." And thank goodness there wasn't social media back then, or. I'd been in some real trouble. Um, but anyway, so she stopped the bus, and I stood up, and I said, I want you all to understand something. I'm not mad you got beat, but I'm mad at the lack of preparation. You all don't understand what it takes to be number one. 
And I said, this country doesn't understand what it takes to be number one. I said, we're not number one anymore in our education system, blah, blah, I went through this whole list of things. And I said, uh, I said, y'all have got to start understanding something. I said, right now we're in desert storm. And I said, second's not an option. And I said, this is what I think is second place. And I took this, and this is a big truck. <laughs> and I threw it in the river. Yeah. Well, now I knew I was going to catch some heat over it. But it took, it took four or five days. And sure enough, here came the athletic director and then the principal and then the superintendent. And I had to answer to all this. And, and I, I, I guess Dr. Hughes doesn't know this, but, but uh, uh, the athletic director came to me and, and uh, he said, look, he said, I've got this old cheerleading trophy. We'll just screw a girl basketball player on. We'll stick it in the thing. Because they told me I had to replace it since it was school property. <laughs> and, and, and so that's what I should I'll heard. throw Lowell King's name out. So that's what that's what we did. Yeah, I've never heard that part of the story. And so So somewhere in the bottom of the Kentucky River is a well, runner up. And, and John Lee Crockett actually came to lunch one day and he said, Look what I got. I was fishing down there at the Kentucky River and he had this one little gold trophy with some fishing line all over. I mean, the sad thing about it is this went over the I, I mean, I'm still asked about it. Yeah. I mean I I'll be I, when, when I was... Could you imagine had there been social well, media? Oh, yeah. Well, 20 years later, I'd applied for the superintendent's job up here. And I got an interview, and I was working in Frankfurt at the time, and the secretary of the cabinet I put down for a, for a reference. So he calls me one day. He goes, can I ask you a question? I said, yeah. He said, uh, did you throw a trophy in the river? And I explained to him what happened and stuff like that, and he said, well, can I ask you another question? I said, yes, sir. He said, uh, did you file a Title IX lawsuit against the district? And I said, well, I didn't do it. I said I had a parent do it, but I said I just knew because Dr. Hughes, you know. He said, well, I'm surprised you got an interview at all. <laughs> I go, well, I'm just being honest with you. I said, it's nothing, you know. Right. But anyway, but Dave Baker, my wife works on I mean, I never live it down there. And I'm, there are people still come up and ask me about that dumb trophy in the river thing. And my own mother cried when she found it. She was not happy. <laughs> But it was, it was actually one of the best things they ever did. Right. But just I, I'm going to say, I'm with you. I, I well, totally, I get it. They knew what the standard was. And this was the other funny thing, which I didn't get a chance to do, but I wanted to. I was a principal, and I was, no, I guess I was, maybe I was working, I was working in Frankfurt, I guess. And I was on a mock interview thing for, for would-be principals up at Moorhead State. Well, Dr. Hughes was working up there at the time. And there were probably 20 of us on this mock interview. So Dr. Hughes was sitting in the back. Well, when it came to my turn, I, my question was going to be, all right, you're the principal. You've got a coach. He's coaching. He throws a trophy in the river. What are you going to do? Well, Doc Hughes had gotten up and left when I was getting ready to ask that question. <laughs> so he didn't get here. But he told me later, he said, as an ex-coach, he said, I loved it. But as a superintendent, I had to do something about it. I said, I understand. Right. I said, but, you know, I said, I'm not sorry I did it. Right. You know, and, and a lot of people. But, yeah, if they did social media, the cameras would have been gone, and I've been from here to California probably on the news. But. Well, Beth, so, like, obviously, Coach set clear expectations, and you knew that the level was right there teetering on perfection. Like, that, that's what you – how did that influence you as a player and, and, and your team as a whole? Well, I mean, I guess, you know, expectations were so high that – and there there were a lot of good players, you know, so – in, in my mind, like, I had to do things that were going to kind of set me apart. And so – and I loved basketball. And it, so it wasn't, like, as much of, like, work to me. I loved going out and, like, working on my game and working on, you know, shooting and ball handling and all that. So I was either in the gym or at the city pool or in my driveway playing all the time. And so I knew that I had to, 
you know, to work really hard to to be able to play on a team like that that he was coaching. So well, I mean, it's also probably like you the disappoint. Like I, I, I don't want to be the one that disappoints him. So I'm going to do everything that I can. Or he's going to pitch my trophy <laughs> off the bus. Right. We didn't want to lose any more trophies. I did not want to be a part of that. And, of course, you know, before we went, we got there to play for him, we had heard about the trophy. And so right. Like, well, and it's like, if this man will throw a trophy. Yeah, he may throw me off the bus. He might throw one of us know. off the bus. Yeah, you just never know. So, Coach, you talked about you accidentally fell into the girls' program. I've coached high school boys. I've coached high school girls. I prefer coaching high school girls because I think they try harder. Uh, they may not be physically able to do the things that's asked of them, but I, they, they'll at least try. Uh, what do you like? What's your experience with that? I mean, did, I know you accidentally fell into the girls' job. Is it something that you regret? Oh no! Oh gosh, no! It's uh, I mean, I've coached at all levels, but I mean, it also gave me a chance to coach at the University of Kentucky, University of Alabama, and I wouldn't trade those experiences for anything. But I, I do think that, that that they listen to you more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but in my mind, an athlete's an athlete. I don't care whether it's a girl or a boy. Right. It didn't matter to me. But, but um, I don't know that I was – I guess I was a disciplinarian, but I didn't have – I wasn't one of those coaches that had 25 million <laughs> rules. Well, but I'm saying, but I didn't have a lot of rules for them. I had two or three basic rules that I could interpret however I wanted. Right. But one of the best things I ever did I got from Pat Summit, and that was somewhere later on I named – who my captains were, okay? And typically it was two seniors, I think, all the time. Well, if a kid got in trouble for me, I'd go, go see the captains. Well, number one, their discipline was probably a lot harsher than what I would have done. Now, they had to run it through me. But the second thing is it gave them ownership and a little, right. little meat in the game. The third thing is the kids were more apt to take the discipline from them than they were from me. Right. So that, that – my discipline troubles kind of went out the window at that, at that point. Now, I had one or two. I mean, there were some things like, you know, you couldn't get below C on your, on your uh, grades or you're going to be in some hot water with me. Because to me, if, you, if you're not getting the grades, you're letting everybody down. Right. I mean, that's just, I mean, all you got to do is show up and do what you're supposed to do and you're going to get at least a C. So right. it was some stuff like that. But but I, like I said, I, I wanted it to where it didn't back me in a corner, but I could interpret. So if I didn't like it, I could sit there and do whatever but they I mean they think I'm stupid too I mean she'll tell you this like when we change I'll tell you and we can go through this but we changed our offense to where we went up tempo and I get I left it up to them but I said the one thing we can control is going to be our, our conditioning so the first day of conditioning they're timed on the mile well at the end of the week you run again if you don't beat your time you run again well I'm not stupid they're going to sit there and dog it right but they're not, they're, they don't think I'm starting to, to realize I've got the watch. So come that first time or whatever, they like one time she was way ahead of her time, but she didn't know that. But I'm sitting there going, you better pick it up, you dogging it. If you don't, you're going again. If you go again, everybody's going again. And so now they're going, now I'm getting the best out of them that they can get instead right. of them dogging around on me and stuff. Right. But there were a time or two where I, you know, I'd be mad or whatever. But they, they, you weren't allowed to walk. I mean, you could jog or whatever. You, right. If you walk, you run again. Right. But there was a time or two where everybody had to go after it again. And but, but I, you, but you know, my job too was to get them. Since I had a lot of Division One, Division Two players there, my job was getting ready for the next level. And so they had to understand that, you know, I'm not getting a well. My at time, Coach Hall was making fifty thousand dollars, but I mean. Now, you know, you're paying, playing for somebody who's making a million bucks. There's expectations. Right. And I, I remember 
when I was coaching Alabama one time, they didn't have all the hoorah-rah about when you got to the NCAA tournament. You just got a phone call said you're in. So we were waiting to see if we got in the NCAA tournament my last year down there, and all the players were sitting there on the court and stuff. And here came Coach Meyer, and she goes, we're in, we're in, we're in the NCAA tournament. And all the players' heads just went straight down because it was spring break. Yeah. They already had their plane tickets. They already had their reservations. And they weren't happy. Right. We, I mean, we weren't going to be competitive anyway. And Coach Myers knew it by looking at their faces. So she said, put the balls up. And for two hours they ran. Yeah. And they ran and they ran. And she said, y'all better understand why you're here. Right. Well, now it's even different now because that money's elevated quite a bit. So they have to understand what's expected when they get to that level. And it's, it's, it's not like at high school. It's a business. Right. So, Beth, you heard Coach talk about, you know, giving, giving the captains a little skin of the game. So, it feels like that, you know, it, it's your team. It's not so much you're playing for a team, but it's your team. How did that affect you as a player? Like, what, what, what impact did that have on you as a player? Um, I mean, you don't want to disappoint your coaches, but I think more than, it, more than that, like you form, you know, close bonds with your teammates, and so you don't want to disappoint them either. And I so, had that same thought. Yeah, and so I think that, you know – there probably wasn't a whole lot of discipline or times where, you know, we actually had to do that. Um, but I'm not sure that the discipline would have been worse from the players because there's been times that I've ran my legs nearly off, not because of the players, <laughs> but because of the coach. So, but I do think it gave us, you know, So ownership. are you admitting you got in trouble? I did get in trouble a lot. Stayed in trouble. <laughs> I have a hard time believing that. I did. A what got you in trouble the most? Uh, being hard-headed. No, yeah, no. Talk- your mouth, you wouldn't no. shut up. She couldn't shut up. No, that's not true. It is true. It was me being hard-headed. And, and like, avert, like, I guess a mixture of hard-headed and backward. Like, there was things that I didn't want to do because I thought I would mess up. And I would be embarrassed. Okay. And so then. Oh yeah, I, I that And then I would turn into like a little turd and just you know, not gonna do anything. So I got kicked out in the snow one time during a practice. No wait, a minute, wait. A minute. Tell them, tell them why. <laughs> the one thing you wouldn't do. I couldn't do the karaoke. No, 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 it's not. I couldn't, couldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't even try. I could not do it. And so. What's What's the karaoke drill? The, where you go sideways and you cross yeah. your legs over. Yeah. So his now, wife pulls up, and I'm outside the barn. It's pouring snow, and it's like three feet of snow on the ground. Is she exaggerating a little bit? No. No. Oh, okay. no. <laughs> I said, I said, you either do it or there's a door. Yeah. You, so pick, you know, and, and it I was there a choice. I put my cowboy starter nope. jacket nope. on, and I went out and stood no, by the door. No, she's lying. She sat up in the stands with a hoodie pulled over. I go, that's not where I told you to go. <laughs> I don't remember that. But I went out. No. And his wife pulled up. She's like, what are you doing? And I said, Got kicked out. She was like, why? I said, don't know how to do the karaoke drill. And so she took me in the locker room, showed me how to do it, and then went back out. And she was like, she's ready to do it. And yeah. But then everybody was mad because they'd had to run because I wouldn't do it. So we actually, this doesn't happen often. We have a question from somebody who called in that specifically wants to ask you a question. So, uh, Adam, go ahead. Hey, uh Beth, I mean, your resume as a basketball player speaks for itself. Like, missed basketball, went to Alabama, had a great career. I just, 
there's one decision that I just can't get over. Was it the Alabama Heat or what? Like, how did you marry Chris Barrier? <laughs> That's a good question. So when I was when I was trying to figure out where I was going to go, and even after I went to Alabama, um, Coach Kendrick kept saying, "Like, I know you're homesick now, but you're gonna you'll get down there and and meet a guy, and you'll fall in love, and you'll be good. You won't want to come back." And so. So it's Coach Kendrick's fault. It's his fault. Yeah, <laughs> met him at the rec center playing basketball. Took me on the first date. I beat him at putt putt, and the rest is history. Rest is history. He let you win. He did not let me. Win. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else, Adam? No, that, that was it. That was the one thing that just kept coming back in my head. Like, how in the world did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a good thing he did come along because. The, the mantra was she's going to be living in a van down by the river because of her degree that she got there at Alabama. Somebody's going to have to take care of her. So did you go to Alabama because of his connections to Alabama? No, I didn't. I think. I mean, I knew. I think that he had. Purdue was after you, Hart. Purdue, I thought yeah. she was going to Purdue. Carolyn Peck, who played at Van, I'd recruited Carolyn. She was up there. And then, uh, of course, Rick Moody, he had a personality about him too and all that kind of stuff. But I, I kind of thought – I think I thought the Carolyn was going to get her at Purdue. Were those were those the top two schools, Purdue and Alabama? Yeah, it came down to those two. Um, was that when Matthew Mitchell was at Purdue? No, I don't okay. think so. He right. was he was an assistant, wasn't he? Was he with was, Carolyn at the time? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, and Purdue at the time was. Uh, well, they won the national. Right. I was going to say if right. you if you look at her <laughs> yeah. career, she was just a short way away from just being a, a high school. State champion and a national championship in college, but right. you know things work. That's out. just not the way the cards fail, and that's just, you know that's just not the plan God had, which is which, which is okay. So, were you a senior on the '98 team, his his last team? Yes. And that yeah. was the year you you all made it to the state finals, right? Yeah, and I, I did not get to play because I had torn my ACL on senior night. So. I, I've heard the story that. Yeah. Everybody's like, our, our championship was with was with her ACL. Well, I mean, but it tells how. Quality of the team that you all had, oh, yeah. that Miss Basketball goes down, and you still yeah. make the state championship game. Well, I, I tell people, I mean, and, and Mark Allen and I, Coach Crane has discussed this many times, but we'd be sitting on the bench, and I'd be looking over going, they just made us look like we smart. <laughs> but, I mean, that senior year, I mean, Harmony was such a good point guard. You know, I'd get up, and she'd come on, she goes, I know I need – and I'd sit back down. Right. And after she'd gone down – we were playing in the region final and had a decent lead and then got in foul trouble and it was dwindling away. And I called a timeout and I looked at Harmony and I said, what's working for you? She goes, I can take my girl. I said, all right. So we said a couple things and boom, boom, and that was it. But that's how smart she was as right. a point guard. Right. And and we just had we just had solid talent about every position and, and, and they they just knew the game. And well, and, and I, so. I tell people, I'm, I'm originally from Marion County. And in 93, we won, we won the boys' state title with maybe the best boys' basketball team I've ever seen assembled. And, you know, you had Anthony Epps at point guard. You had, you had Elton Scott at the two, the three, whatever he was playing at the time. You had, you had Derek English, who probably was the unsung hero of that team. Uh, but just talent all over the place. And, you know, Anthony and Elton got a lot of the, lot of the, uh, accolades, but you had, you had Derek English, who was probably the most important player. You had you had a hard nosed kid under the basket, Stuart O'Daniel, that would just do the the dirty stuff. So it takes players across the board. Well, I, I've always said there's there's kind of philosophy, and it, it fits for Kentucky especially. But I said it, 
to be good and to be a championship team, you got to have mules and you got to have thoroughbreds. Mm-hmm. If you're playing with a bunch of horses, you're just going to be an average basketball team. And right. we had that. We had the kids that were kind of the elite athletes, and then we had the ones that were willing to get in there and get the dirty stuff done and right. and do all that. And and they all accepted their roles. I mean, that's what's the nice part, too. Nobody griped, nobody complained. Because I told them, I, you know, a lot of parents get caught up on how many points do my kids score and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, when I asked them, I said, who won the national championship last year? LSU. LSU and right. women's. Yep. All right, LSU. Who was their leading scorer? Was it Angel Reese? Or what an Angel? Well, see, but basically nobody knows. Nobody knows. And nobody right. cares. Right. All you yeah. care about is is that they won. Well, I mean, when Kentucky won in 2012, Anthony Davis was the fourth leading scorer. Yeah. and Fifth. Yeah. Fifth. And, and, and I saw the other day where he was voted as having one of the most influential games of anybody going. Right. But, you know, and Kim Mulkey, she was playing, I think, at Tech, uh, Louisiana Tech at the time when I was coaching. But she's, I mean, to come in there and get that job done that quick, yep. she did a great job. But you, you just, you got to understand it is about team. I mean, the individual stuff will come, the attention will come, right. but you got to start winning first. So how many players off that team played collegiate basketball? All of them, as far as the five, starting five. Yeah, all five. So I mean, they—I don't know. If they finished a four-year career. Amy went to West Point. Amy Gesford did. Danica went to Western. Whitney. Ended up at Cumberland. Cumberland. Whitney went to Campbellsville. Harmony went to St. Louis. And Whitney had a great career at Campbellsville too. Well, yeah. and that's that's what I try to tell them too. I said, "This is what you have to understand." And I and I firmly believe this: if you're not winning, you're not playing. You're not happy. Right. And I don't care what level you're going. I mean, they're not going to be making millions of dollars playing basketball. So you got to go where you're going to be happy. And it doesn't matter if it's Division Two or Division – it doesn't matter to me. I don't care. The outcome is you're getting a scholarship to get your education. That's the important thing. Right. And I've told her that the biggest compliment she made was getting a degree from college because she's the first one in her family right. to do that. And so now the expectation for her kids – Right. Well, it's a, it, it, it changes the entire generation. It's, 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 it's a generational change. It's a generational change. change. Yeah. And, and that's the important part to it. And, and me as a coach, I tell people all the time – very seldom when we get together, we talk much about basketball. I, I'm proud of what these kids have become. Right. And I say kids. They're not kids anymore. They're, they're adults well, I mean, and stuff. I'm still pretty young. But, but still, to see, <laughs> to see them become productive and members right. of society and do all the things that they've done, I mean, that's the thing I'm proud of, knowing that I was a little bit a part of that anyway and right. stuff. And I don't think we've had anybody go to jail or anything. Have we? Don't think so. Harmony? Um, no, her no, Serena. Serena's coach. Serena's her older coaches. sister. Yeah. Harmony. Harmony. I say she's a drug rep. That's not her official title anymore. She's moved up, but she works for a drug company in St. Louis, and um, I mean she travels all around. Matter of fact, she went to a thing the other day and got to interact with Magic Johnson and stuff. She's got to meet Kareem because he's got leukemia. She has a drug or something that he was taking, so they flew her to Indianapolis to meet him and stuff. So, but she's she's done well for herself and her. One of her brothers, he's a college referee now, and Serena's coaching. And she's working on her doctorate degree. Oh, wow. Trying to get that. So, hopefully, I think all she's got left is her dissertation and stuff. Nice. But, but they're, they're doing well. So, we got the pleasure of interviewing Hayden, and it'll be on our, it'll be on our Saturday show. And uh, we talked about, you know, that Hayden's not the same player that Beth was, and we, and we talked that it's because the game has changed so much. And, and it, I think it's changed at all levels. Uh, What's your what's your take? I mean, has had do you think the game's changed that much in the you know the twenty plus years that you since you've been out of coaching? I think it's gotten worse. Okay, and I think it's because AAU. Okay, I think AAU. I, like I started when I when I had them, I started doing the summer leagues and all that, and I thought this is stupid. This I'm not. This is not accomplishing anything. So 
at the end of the year, I'd sit there and look at them. I'd go, look, I'm sick of y'all. Y'all sick of me. Y'all go do softball or whatever. Y'all the best athletes. Go do whatever you want to do. But I'm getting away from it. I don't want to see you anymore. And then once the summer hit, I'd sit down with them. And like with her, I remember, I think going into her freshman year, I, I said, we got to get you a jump shot because she was just a little push shot shooter. So that's what we worked on her freshman year. And then at some point we had to start working on just playing harder because she'd fall down and lay around while our girls down there scoring stuff drive me nuts. This is getting but, bad. But then, but then we then we had to get to the point where we we're going to get the snow shovels out early. Yeah. But we had, we had to, you know, I told her, I said, if you want to separate yourself on the mismatch, you got to start playing better defense. So there was just stages that we went through. But that's what we worked on in the summer is let's make your weaknesses kind of become your strength. I remember Patty Joe Hedges. She played over at Kentucky. She was all right-handed, and it, she got working so much on her left hand that if you watch her play, she was more left-handed dribbler than she was right-handed. But that's again making your weaknesses become your strengths. I think the AAU is killing that. I, I, I think it takes a lot of the high school coach out of it. I think the kids are playing and traveling way too much. I think they're getting burnt out with it, and I don't think I think they're just making their weaknesses become stronger. Right. You know, instead of instead of getting rid of them, become a better basketball player. I mean, I know he's playing professional basketball, but how Jerry Vanderbilt ever got Kentucky and shoot? Couldn't he? Couldn't that boy couldn't shoot a lick? Right. I mean, he just couldn't shoot a lick. I mean, great athlete, but how do you get to that level and you can't shoot? I remember Jenny uh, when she played, she kind of had a crossover looking shot where she'd bring the ball, even though she's right, she'd bring it over to her left side. And I said, look, you're you're a decent basketball player right now. If you want to become better and become a, a, an All-Stater, then we're going to have to move it. So between her junior and senior year, she moved it, straightened it up, and she became first-team All-Stater with it. And, went, and I think she went to South Carolina. And by the way, I'm going to plug her, too. She's doing broke. She's developed this ice cream that's got this alcohol in it. And, and Had she, me sold already. It, it's crazy. I mean, she's she's she? pushing it all. She's, she's back in South Carolina right now, but she's getting it in uh, Kroger's. And she's done, really done. But she's worked her tail off with it. Now, she's, she's got one of her daughters, I think, playing soccer. collegiate soccer. Mm-hmm. can't remember where she She went down south somewhere. But she's another one that's just, you know, that's gone. And, and again, as a matter of fact, she told me um, there, there was a book. It was uh, Sun Tzu's Art of War. Mm-hmm. And, she's, and, and I gave her that to read one time. And she said, I've got, I've got it on my desk now on my, where, where I do my business. And, stuff. and this is something that she looks back and read because there's some things that relate to Bobby Knight's first one got me onto it but there's some just some information in there for coaches right. which are really neat but anyway but that's kind of a plug for her but. well I mean listen and I could it sounds like she's doing great list. things I mean I just go down the list of how successful the kids have been so Beth on the same the same question now as a, you know as a high level player and now a, of a mom who has watched her daughter come up and has signed has signed Division One. what differences do you see in the game um, I think the girls are just a lot more athletic. Um, I think there's more, um, I guess, opportunity for them as far as like, you know, individual trainings and like even like these machines that these kids are using for like jumping and stuff like that. Like we didn't have that. We went through like stations in the gym and did like, you know, knee tucks or whatever, trying to learn how to jump. But I mean, they're athletic. I mean, girls are dunking and, and all that. Um, they are bigger and more athletic. I just think the coaching's gotten bad. Yeah. Well, and I think that maybe the coaches have – I guess the coaching's gotten worse because the athletes are better. Yeah. So, like, they almost look at it and go, well, we don't really have to coach her because well, she's not pay, American. The pay is terrible, too. I, I, I mean, I think I was paid 
$10,000 assistance were paid two or three thousand, and I say that hadn't changed. I know, I know if you go at least in Clark County, I think if you're a, a middle school uh, volleyball coach, you're paid like three hundred bucks. Yeah. You're across, I mean, I mean, you're losing money. Right now, you're just out there to help kids. Right. And so that hadn't kept up at all, I, I think. And and I, I I made the proposal. Of course, it didn't go very far, but but I told him I said, if you want to be a top-notch athletic program, then it needs to be almost like small college here. We need to be a head coach in a, in a varsity sport, you know, or a major sport, and then be an assistant to some of the others. But the teaching needs to almost go away because I was spending so much time, you know, setting up recruiting visits, doing my practices, doing the schedule, doing all this kind of stuff. It was hard for me to be an effective teacher. I right. mean, it really was. And and I, I took pride in my teaching. Um, but 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 that's that's part of it, too. I, I don't think the salaries have kept up near enough. I don't know what they're getting paid nowadays, but – but it's not much more than what I was paid, probably. Now, what subject did you teach? Um, a multitude of things. I, I went everything from special. I mean, when you coach, they're just going to plug you in wherever. Right. But my degree was in industrial arts. Okay. So, also with that interview with Hayden, she said, I asked her, what's one thing you do better than your mom <laughs> did? And you, 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 you touched on this. Hayden said she's a better defender than Beth was. Would you agree? Well, I, I, I think I think – Early on, I think she was a much better player because she had a lot earlier background on doing stuff. Beth was a – it was just a process with her. Right. But I, she's probably – and it's just me, I don't mean to cut on Hayden. She was a better player just because she's bigger. Right. You know, and that – I mean, it's like I said, you take my talent, I was too slow to play college. You know, I played at Moorhead, and I was too slow. But you took my ability and put in somebody six foot ten. Well, I'm all American. Right. So size is just everything in the world to it. Right. And, and so with her size, she could have probably played in the WNBA if it hadn't been for the for the knee injuries and stuff like that. And Harmony, same way. Harmony, I, she wasn't as good. To, she couldn't play in the WNBA, but she blew her knee out too once she got to St. Louis and stuff. But but it was a, uh, you know, I, I I do think it was more competitive back then mm-hmm. than what it is now with the coaches. Um, I know, uh, of course, we got beat by E-Town, and Tim Mudd's a good friend of mine. He's never lived, let me live it down that he beat me. But Greg Todd's also a good friend of mine. We were all three in the Final Four that, that year in 98, yeah. and we went over. We took some kids over and played in Hawaii and all that kind of stuff. Like that. So we're good friends, but we were always competitive on the court too. But I just know they're great coaches. Right. And Tim's out of it now, of course – Greg's still over at Eastern and stuff like that, but I know how good they were. Lisa, Lisa Gooden was good. She made me a better coach. Right. I mean, there's no doubt about it. So here's a question I have for both of you, and we'll close on this. When did you realize as a coach that the 98 team had, was a special bunch? Well, I mean, I knew when they were, you know, probably your freshman year, I knew we had a, a composite group of kids with Harmony and Whitney and them that were going to be good. It's just a matter of when. And part of it, too, is you got to break through that big game. Yeah. And that's part of why the trophy went in the river too. Is that you've you've got to once you once you establish that winning mentality and you get over that big game, then then things change. But now I'll tell you this real quick. I could go on for this forever. But I went to them one year and I said, look, we can do this slow down game we kind of been doing, or we can go up tempo. What do y'all want to do? They want to go up tempo. So I said, okay, but we're going to control the conditions, some different things. So anyway, we go over. I'll never forget it. We're over playing Franklin County over in Berea. Greg was coaching over there at the time. <clears throat> And we're playing, and I'm sitting there going, oh, my God, have I made a mistake? This is not going to work. But we stayed with the thing, and I, and I remember four or five games into the season, we're playing Ashland. And we were up, 
I don't know, somewhere in the third quarter, and, and we were pressing, and we got a steal on this girl. And she's so tired at half court, she didn't even try to run whoever made the steal down right. for the layup. And that's when I realized this is the way to play. Because it's up-tempo, they liked it because it's three-point shooting, it spread the floor. It's kind of mm-hmm. like, it's almost like the five out that they're doing now, except we were more of four out um, and stuff. But it just, it gave them some structure, yet freedom to play the way they want to do it. Like I said, that 98 team, I just kind of sat over here on the bench. And matter of fact, we went up to, uh, we were playing Boone County in a tournament up there and beating them, beating them like a drum at halftime. And Nail sit there and hit her two best players actually pinned against the wall screaming at them. But Danny Haney was coaching Lexington Catholic. He's up there watching, and, and he said that's the best defensive team boys or girls he'd ever seen. Yeah. They were, I mean, they were, they were just that good. I mean, yeah. we were just kind of, like, kind of like just had the best seat in the house. So, Beth, when did you realize that that 98 team was going to be as special as they were? Um, probably, probably about the same time. Like, I think the first time we beat Clark County was my freshman year or sophomore year. year. Freshman year, I think. And it was kind of like, okay, like, we got – we got over the hump. Like we know that we can. We can do him. this now. Yeah, and I think that was kind of a motivation too. It's like let's keep, you know, let's keep working hard. But I think that I don't think they beat us again. No. After Harmony told a bunch of kids here the other day over Clark County, she goes, "Losing to Clark County is not my DNA." <laughs> but now I will say this: the first game of the year, we went down to a tournament down in uh, Longview, Texas, and we played a team out of Alabama that was, I think, they were rated second in the nation. And it was our first game. It was like their eighth, and we lost by six or seven, eight, something like that. Butler. And and, and they had a kid. I don't know where she ended up going to play, but they had a, a really nice player. But I knew then, you know, because we ended up finishing second in the tournament. We beat everybody else there. And, and I, I mean, I knew. As a matter of fact, we started number one, and we lost the first game of the year, and we lost the last game of the year. Yep. And that was to the in the tournament. And like I said, if we'd had her, we'd beat we'd beat E Town. Yep. There's no doubt in my mind about it, but. But you know, you lose. What did you average? Twenty four, twenty three, something like that. Whatever no. we lost. I mean, I mean, hard. that's hard to replace. It's hard to replace. Yep. So awesome. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on and uh, talking. See, it wasn't as bad as you thought it was going to be. No, he did good. I mean, wait, wait for he, the next one. He there, and and there will be a part two. Uh, I mean, he's a hero. He <coughs> saved lives today. As a matter of fact, know. yeah, he is a hero. So uh, we appreciate you guys giving us your time and. Uh, Letting us dive into that season and a little bit of the background. Uh, and hopefully, I mean, Coach's on board. Hopefully this isn't the last time we get to bring you two on. And we, can, and we can have more stories next time. There's many. He has well, many. we need to, the one where Tracy saved your life. That would be a good yeah. one. That would be a good one, but we're going to save that for next time. Yeah, next time. Thank you guys for coming on for sure. Thank you Our guys pleasure. for having us. So, again, thanks to Beth Barrier and Coach Kindred for coming on and visiting with us. That was a great, great interview. I, I thoroughly enjoyed listening. You know, Coach Kindred's got lots of stories. Well, He's, I mean, we'll, we'll have them back. Oh, I think we definitely have they, they started telling stories afterwards, and they're like, man, you were right the other day. This could go on for hours. Right. So, But anyways, we don't have time for that. Right? Not, not today. Not today. So, Sean, before we sign off, though, we need to do a little congratulations Congratulations to Jacob Gum, who is our Kim Soft Athlete of the Week for the week. Had an impressive uh, stat, statistical game, albeit in a loss. Two sixty-seven and three listen, three touchdowns is nothing to. Kids, I was I was there. The rock. I was there. He kept us in that game. I mean, yeah. he he. 
the ball coming out of his hand looks really good, and it's it's pinpoint accuracy, and he kept us in that game for sure. And we found out he's been he's been playing hurt. Uh, so. Yeah, he played hurt this week. Yeah, and he's a sophomore, so got a bright future there Absolutely. for him for sure. Right. So. so congratulations, Jacob. Absolutely. Well, guys, there you have it for this week's edition of Community Trust Coaches Corner, presented by From Corner to Corner Podcast. If you haven't already, go out and give us a like on Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, and we're now on Instagram. And Twitch. And Twitch. Also, remember to help promote our Coaches Corner show, our Athlete of the Week. Our community, our teams, our coaches, and our students, they deserve it. We'll catch you guys next week. Stay safe, friends. The MoCo Four Horsemen would like to thank you for listening to From Corner to Corner. Be sure to go out and follow us on Twitter, on TikTok, on Facebook, Instagram, and even YouTube. Whatever podcast platform that you listen to us on, be sure to go out and give us a five-star review. Thanks as always, and we look forward to seeing you next week.